Welcome to the program. My name is Jesse Peterson, and um, this is the first show for 1996, and it's going to be a very interesting show. As you know, I am the um, founder and president of a national organization called BOND, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. And the purpose is to rebuild a family by rebuilding the man. I am convinced that nothing is going to change until men come to order, until they come back to their proper or natural state of being. The reason that um, the black family and, and the black community and our country at large is going to hell in a handbasket uh, is because men have um, stood back and allowed women to take over. And sadly for us, the wrong kind of women have taken over. Liberal white women who hate men, hate America, and black women, liberal, who hate this country as well, and the man. So we're trying to take it back. Tonight we're talking about a very important issue, uh, the schools, the public schools. As we all know, the public school is ran by the devil now. There is no goodness in the public school at all, total wickedness. And I, I blame men for that as well, because I feel that if we have stood up um, and spoke out and fought, fought back, it would not have happened in the way that it has. I have some very interesting guests today. I met them um, at a school board meeting here in Los Angeles recently, and I was so happy and shocked to meet them. I had never heard of them before that I asked them to come on the show right away. Anytime I see black men standing for good, goodness, or anything that is good, I'm ready to uh, receive them. My first guest is Elbert yes, Washington. Washington. He's from the Inner City School District Association and Clinton Simmons, Concerned Parents and Community for a Better Education. Thank you guys for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I, I was happy to meet you guys at the school board yeah. meeting. We were glad and to meet you. I admire the way that you went down there and stood up to... Uh, what do you call it? The directors down there? Well, the Board of, the, the board uh, board of, of Education. Board of board Education. Board, board members. Right? Yeah, that, I mean, I have not seen that except for the men of Bond for the last seven years. I have not seen black men standing uh, so strong, strongly for issues that you did, especially the public schools. Mm -hmm. um, before we get into what's happening in the school, can you tell us about a little about yourself and the purposes of your organization? Okay, well, um, my name is Albert Washington, and I'm with the, the uh, Inner City School District Association. Uh, we're a group of concerned parents uh, and community leaders who have come together to form a nonprofit organization which, is, which answers uh, Paula Boland's bill, which is for the breakup of, of LAUSD, uh, which goes into effect this month. And you have a two-year window in which to put your plan together, which, uh, which you outline your, your budget, uh, the boundaries, uh, the curriculum, the planting facilities, uh, how everything is going to be managed and get it uh, into the county and the state. Uh, plus also we have to um, 
uh, gather signatures so that we can put on the ballot, so we can have people in the new proposed district vote on the district. And then at that point in time, power will be shifted from the Inner City School District Association to the newly elected board members. All right, that's great. Um, how old is your organization? Our organization is approximately five months old. Okay. It was developed in uh, response to the passage of, of the Bolton Bill. Okay, we're going to talk about that some more. Okay. How about the uh, concerned parents? How, tell oh. us about you and how did you... Right, well, the, the concerned parents and community for a better education, we are a, a wide group, uh, including uh, Mr. Washington and others. Uh, it was formed based upon my experience in the school with my kids. Uh, many parents become intimidated by teachers as well as board members. Yeah. And once the uh, teacher realized you have an active parents, they will do everything they can to discourage you from participating. Right. As well as the unions have such strength and power over our public school system as well as the elected officials, especially out of our community. Uh, we decided that we wanted to have an organization that would give parents freedom allow them to uh, be part of something and not be intimidated by the teachers and the teachers union. And that is what we set it up in that manner. Uh, we don't keep any uh, uh, organized membership because people can get their hand on that and, uh, and yeah. use it. So all expenses is done out of uh, those of us who are the key members of the organization, whatever bulletins or time or the pay we pay out of our pocket. But we want to give parents an opportunity to express their concerns. And one of the uh, major things in the school today, uh, as you spoke early, is how the family has been deteriorated. Yes. And uh, the school has contributed to that. Many of the teachers, they have their own social ideas, and they do everything they can to intimidate you. Amazing. The unions intimidate the teachers, and the teachers intimidate the parents. Intimidate the parents, well, right. Exactly. Well, now, there are some <laughs> teachers who really want to teach and be good teachers. Yes. And one of my daughters taught chemistry over here at Dorsey High School for a while. Then the... She was harassed quite a bit by teachers because she did the thing that should be done, that is to go out and meet parents. It requires the parents, <laughs> the community, yeah. and the school to educate a child. One can't do without the other. And so we have situations here in the inner city where teachers may live uh, an hour away and they're not even associated with our community at all. Amazing. And yet they are paid extra money for combat pay, $2,000 extra a year. And, uh, they do things like just play tape recordings and radio for the kids in the classroom. So that has taken away a lot of the time. Our kids need reading, writing, and arithmetic. Absolutely. We have too Absolutely. many uh, academically uh, dysfunctional students graduating. And so that is why uh, we bond together in doing that. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about the breakup. Um, yeah. I didn't know that was happening uh, until a few days ago. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the breakup and what people can do. Uh, to get involved with that, to make sure it's something that should happen, is that right? Right. Okay, what is it? Okay, well, first of all, uh, people in the inner city, the valley, uh, Carson, uh, and on the east side, we're just sick and tired of what's happening with LAUSD. Like my associate Clint Simmons said, stated earlier, we have kids that are coming through the system who are totally dysfunctional, who cannot even read or write because of the social agenda that's being put forth and pushed by uh, the school board members and as well as the union who helps elect the school board members. Yeah. So in reaction to the fact that we keep going down, making our complaints, and there is no change. So in order to effect change, Paula Bolin uh, put forth a bill to break up 
the school district to make it easier for uh, communities. For, for communities to break it up, relax some of the regulations. Okay, and so <coughs> what it is is it is an alternative to trying to deal with LAUSD to get them to be more friendly to parents and to basically reflect the will of the parents through the curriculum and the way the kids are uh, developed and educated. So what we have done is the Inner City School District Association, the, the boundaries are on the north is um, Olympic. Is Olympic. On the, on, on the south is Imperial. On the west is La Cienega and on the east is Alameda. We have about 128,000 students who are who are in the area, and um, those are the ones that attend. You know, we have a high dropout rate. The reason why we do is because the t the kids are not being taught anything. And, and just let me say one thing: I am sick and tired of everybody talking about these children, about either they're gang members or they uh, they, they don't want to work. You know, these are some of the these students are some of the smartest uh, individuals that America has produced. And they're not being educated. This no. is why so many of them are disenchanted. Okay, so we have 128,000 students. And the district spends, in terms of average daily allowance, about uh, 4,000 per student, maybe 5,000, depending on whether or not you have bilingual education or not. We're looking at uh, controlling a billion dollars in terms of budget. Mm. So not only does that mean us taking control to, uh, of our kids' destiny, but also it's a chance for us to take control economically of an entity to help fuel, you know, the economy here in our own area. And when you say breakup, uh, are you saying that um, if this is passed, this law is passed? It's, no, it's, it's, already, it's passed. It's, it's an effective. Oh, it's already month. passed. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so, really a breakup per se, but yeah. what it does, it allows people to break away from this big giant district. Mm -hmm. See, LAUSD is too large to be managed at the present way. And this is what the unions like because when you have chaos, that makes them that much more powerful. Right. They get money from their members and that gives them power to buy politicians. And specifically, down in the inner city, we have politicians love to use union money, and they do not represent the interests of those of us who voted for them in office. Yeah. Um, so that means that parents can now send their kids to schools near their home? As yeah, opposed to the whole idea, and all that? Once we oh, okay. complete this, that is, that's the whole goal is, the way it is now, it's being managed and run from downtown at 450th yeah. and North Grand. They can care less about our kids down here have no concern with this whatsoever. I noticed that even <coughs> the black people on the boards of, and black, some black teachers don't seem to care about the kids. How is that? Very simple. Well, as you were speaking earlier off camera here, but you have a lot of the uh, black administrators that are finding particularly who has no concern at all for our kids. Many of them have been caught up into this uh, union mesh, as we call it. But over the last uh, year, I'm uh, beginning to see some conscience begin to build on them now. Uh, specifically after our efforts down at the board and we continue to be there. Yeah, thank See, God. As yeah. engineers, we are trained as problem solvers and we do have a problem here yes. in our public school system and so quite naturally, the type of people that they have been experimenting with in the past go down and make a few pitches and give up, but we don't believe in that. The problem must be solved and we're going to see it through. Great. And we go down there uh, to, to just about every board meeting. Every board meeting. Whether we're speaking <laughs> or not, we be there in the audience. Good. And not on that, but also we make inquiries and try to keep abreast of what's going on in the schools. Another program that we do that many people don't know about, we do a lot of tutoring and mentoring, role modeling, 
we do uh, self-esteem building with the youth in the hallway. Uh, he and I have been involved in uh, many of our uh, projects that we do, even during our lunch period, not only just here in South Central on Saturdays, but out anywhere you have a large uh, group of uh, minorities, specifically blacks, because there's the ones our black males seem to be getting the, the shaft. Every news item, they'll write something negative about them. Yeah. So we give them hope of saying, look, I'm a male like you are. There's someone that you can associate with, align with, and we're role models for you. Mm-hmm. And so you got this going on every weekend, please? Oh, yes, every, every weekend. Every weekend well, out at, a, okay, yeah. out at, give them uh, an idea of uh, uh, give you an idea. some, some names of the things we're doing. Some of the names. Uh, we have one program that's come from the L.A. Council of Black Professional Engineers, which I'm a member. Mm-hmm. You remember? And uh, we run a program on Saturdays out at Cal State Dominguez where we take kids in from the uh, South Central area, and we teach math, computer science, and science. And the kids come there, and we, the reason we do it on a college campus is to give them self-esteem. Now, they can go back and say, well, I go to college on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And this also puts in their mind that they have a chance of becoming college graduates because they're being trained by people who are college graduates. Amazing. And, this, right. and these are the positive things that we do. And this thing we've been doing for many, many years. And, and then one of the things that I'm working on also on Saturdays is with the Saturday Science Academy out at the uh, Drew Medical Center. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. No, I'm not. And and what we're doing uh, primarily is um, creating an environment. We're starting at the uh, with the youngest of children, and we're introducing them to medicine as well as science. Uh, we bring them on to uh, the facility there at 120th and Compton Avenue, and we uh, give them smocks. Um, they become doctors, <laughs> and uh, we start them off with things like Doctor for a Day. Feather uh, and bones, um, fetal pig di- uh, dissection. Also, we have classes uh, in algebra, fractions, uh, theory of the cell. How do people hear about you guys? I mean, what kind of response are you getting? We're getting. Oh, we get. Uh, oh, we're getting a uh, lot of response. But how do people hear about you? I've well, never heard about you. Well, see, go to the school system. We we go to school. Oh, you go and into the school. Going to school. Well. Oh, okay. okay yeah, also, okay. also uh, during our lunchtime out in Pasadena, yeah. we uh, tutor at Muir of Algebra, Physics, Cleveland, Cleveland and Elliot, and uh, as well as Elliot. That's great. And so man. we're we're involved in the school system there, as well as. Um, uh, here in uh, uh, Los Angeles, I was uh, a school site uh, council president uh, at 39th Street uh, at Dublin. So I was involved, you know, I was involved yeah. there also. So. Um, let's talk about some of the other negative things that people are not aware of that are going on in the school. I call them okay. that because they're okay. wicked. Right. Uh, definitely wicked. Uh, people don't know a lot of parents, you know, oh, let me say this first. What I realized from listening to you guys tonight is that. If parents were to stand up for their children, they can make an instant change. Instant change. Instant exactly. Change. No problem. Yeah. But because one idea that comes to my mind is that all they have to do is keep them out of school for a couple of days. Yes, that is and, correct. And that would give them power, I mean, right then and there. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something that the parents of Studios United of, uh, did in 1994. Here in June of 1994, they had what is called an opt-out day where they pull all the kids out in protest to this uh, uh, gay prom month that they yeah. were having. And uh, as a result of that, the district lost a lot of what we call ADA money. That's uh, daily attendance for average daily attendance. Right. And it really hit them in their pocket. And But yet you have these social engineers who uh, came on with their little gimmicks and et cetera, but it really caught them by surprise and 
and, and just wiped them right out in that case. So if parents stand up, they can do it. Let's take Let's, a break. Hold right. that thought. We All need right. to take a break, and right. we'll be back in a moment. <clears throat> Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny, Rebuilding the Family by Rebuilding the Man. For more information, call us toll-free, 1-800-411-BOND. That's 1-800-411-BOND. All right, welcome back to the program. We're talking to, uh, we're talking about the public schools, and uh, you were about to say before we went to break. Okay, well, um, I just want to piggyback on what uh, Mr. Simmons is saying about, I see June is graduation month. I mean, if you're a senior, you look (laughs) forward to graduating. Why did did they call June graduation month? No, June is gay and lesbian pride month. Yeah, the entire month. So what is it doing? So what is that telling (laughs) our kids? You're graduating, instead of you graduating, getting ready to go off into your career, are you graduating into this quote unquote fuzzy lifestyle or something. The problem that I have here is I once considered myself a liberal, but this school district in this country has gone so far left until now I'm on the right (laughs) because I'm standing (laughs) for family values. And and let me tell you something. I am not going to let a bunch of these liberals sit up here and tell me because I'm a Christian and have Christian values and have family values that there's something wrong with me. No, I'm not on the right. What I, what I am on the right is I'm on the right side of God. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this whole issue of homosexuals, bisexuals, gay and lesbian, see, they use these terms because we don't know what they mean. We say, well, what's a lesbian? What's a bisexual? <laughs> what's a homosexual? Okay, but if you look in the Bible, it tells you that what they are, they're sodomites. Yeah. So what they have done, they have skillfully done ever since the 70s, is to use these terms so that the lay people don't really know what's going on. So what is, what is happening in our school district is they are teaching our children tolerance for sodomy. Yeah, absolutely. And to give you an example, these are just some of the programs that they have instituted to, uh, to help socialize our children. When we say the, the social agenda, this is what we're talking about. This is why the three R's are being neglected. For example... They have an obsession with just basic sex education. The Eagle Center, which is a high school within LAUSD for uh, uh, students who are sodomites. To train them how to be sodomites. Yeah. To tell, them that it's so, no, to, to tell them that it's okay and that they have psychological problems or if they're suicidal or whatever, to tell them that it's okay to make their lifestyle more acceptable uh, for them, to make them proud of themselves. Just let me get through now. Let me just so, ask you one question. Though. They're trying to teach the kid to, no, to not, be... No, if they are, they can enter the, the Eagle Center. They're not teaching the kids. Oh, but if they are... So they, if they are, oh, yeah. Okay. This is to make them feel better about themselves. <laughs> okay, now, the homophobia curriculum. Okay, the Gay and Lesbian Commission. They have a Gay and Lesbian Commission that helps set policy for LAUSD. The Sex Equity Commission, which started off as a commission for uh, equity between the sexes, has been taken over by the lesbians. So that's another Gay and Lesbian Commission. Okay, the Gay and Lesbian Prom. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> the Gay and Lesbian Pride Month. The Office of Intergroup Relations and the Hate Bias crime response protocol initiative and they just have all these support systems in place that's, that target the specific needs of students and faculty members who are sodomized. Now I'm a taxpayer 
Where is this money coming from? The money is being taken from our children, yeah. from the education of our children, and being uh, directed so that they can help fund this social agenda. And many of the parents aren't aware that this is what's going on. What has happened here over the past 20 years is a, a moat has been uh, created around the schools, and after the, uh, the morning bell rings, they pull the drawbridge up, and you don't know what's going on. Parents are not yeah. asked to enter. You know, you are discouraged from uh, talking with the teachers. You're discouraged from talking with the school board. If it wasn't for Barbara Boudreaux down at the school board doing a job for, uh, uh, that she's doing for us and uh, championing the rights of parents, they might not even have school board meetings. That's right. Amazing. You know, I, um, I counsel at some of the public schools in the area mm -hmm. here, and the kids tell me that if they disagree with this homosexuality in the school, they are made to feel like they are an enemy of, of the school. They are made to feel bad <laughs> about speaking out against exactly. it. And so correct. a lot of kids don't say anything about it. That, that is correct. What, what happened is uh, you are absolutely correct in that case. We run into it all the time. It's just not like we just come out of the street getting involved in this. Yes. I've been entrenched in, in this thing for over 30 years as a parent, as a mentor, tutor, community person, fundraiser, I've raised funds, a volunteer in the whole works. Now, the object being is to make is to desensitize you. Yeah. That's the goal is to yes. desensitize you. And in order to do that, they have this union, and they put their members on the board, and they are forcing this type of thing upon people, saying, okay, you accept this or not. Now, to give you an example, back in 1991, when he was making a change to this Project 10 thing, oh, yeah. uh, I went down, I made my uh, protest against it at the time, and as I uh, continued to go to the board to feed my inputs in there, I had a teacher to come tell me, say, what school your kids go to? I said, all schools. <laughs> they want to try some retaliation. Mm -hmm. uh, one incident that happened to uh, one of my kids uh, was the fact that a teacher, she gave a quiz every Friday. And out of the 12 questions on this particular Friday, uh, my daughter missed three, I think, was a something like that, three or four out of 12. And so instead of giving her a grade according to what it was, she gave her F minus. There's no such thing. But it was done, and then she told my daughter, now you take this home to your daddy. Wow. She was sending me a message yeah. through her of saying, you bug out of the school business, uh, I have control over your child. But now you know me being who, you don't know <laughs> me, but me being who I am, that was the worst thing she ever did. I can so imagine. I went to work real quickly on that. <laughs> uh, since that time, my daughter has uh, graduated on the college and got her uh, a master's degree in her work. So she go back to the high school on career days, and uh, she's a scientist, by the way. All right. And uh, the same teacher have never asked her, if you, are your daddy, say, is your daddy still angry with me? <laughs> but that's, that's, that's her put it kind of in that case. But see, a lot of parents don't have that. I was going to ask you, when we hear the word Gay Pride Month mm -hmm. in public schools, most of us know it, it means celebrating homosexuality, yeah, right. paying attention to that. Why don't the parents get angry about that and just keep their kids away from school that month. Well, many parents will do that, but they are being intimidated. What happened now, after the uh, successful opt-out day by the Parents of Student United in June of 1994, uh, they put forth a document called the hate. protocol, hate, hate, hate bias-related crime, crime protocol. protocol initiative. And what does that mean? And that means it's called uh, District Bulletin number 38. It's called record-keeping, keeping a record of people. That if, for example, if your child 
objects to a particular homosexual discussion they have in his class. Mm -hmm. And the teachers say, well, you have a problem. So they contact you and bring the whole family in to give you counseling, to tell your kids he's not supposed to object to this. <laughs> now, if your kid don't accept that with the kids, so they put in your kid's file, that's where every parent should look at the QM cards, look at the record of their children to see what's in there. And so that follows your kid all the way through. I'm sorry that I didn't bring a copy of that with me here tonight. So as if well the kid disagrees with the homosexual That's issue, right. mm -hmm. they call the parent and the child in, mm -hmm. they yeah. have a conference, they put uh, this on his record, and they follow the child all the way through his life. Now he either, no, if, if, if he admits to accepting it, then they clear there's his no, record. Th there's no problem. No problem. But, but if the parent's morals or religious values such, they'll put it into the jacket there. Right. Now, also, now suppose if a kid is walking, a male or a female is walking, uh, down the hallway, and a member of the same sex come up and ask him out for a date, and they ask him are they crazy or punch him, they're called in and counseled, and that goes in their record. As a hate crime. Right. And As now the hate crime. bias crime response protocol initiative sets up the framework for that, and the Office of Intergroup Relations, which is headed by a woman that makes 90000 a year. 92000 Excuse me, 92000 yep. a year, with a budget of 500 k Okay, has a secretary. <laughs> they uh, administer the uh, hate bias crime response protocol initiative. So, see, money is going everywhere except for educating our children. LAUSD has a $4.3 billion budget, and only 2% of that goes toward educational, educational materials. 70% um, of that goes towards salaries. That's amazing. We're coming to the end of this program. Uh, 30 minutes have gone by fast. When we come back next week, I want to talk about how did this happen and um, what can we do to change it, if we can change it. I also know that there are other schools that kids can go through. They can have homeschooling and private schools, and we've tried to get the, uh, the school voucher uh, initiative passed and never mm -hmm. fail. I want to know why these things are not happening. If this is happening in public school, why don't the parents do something else? You know, they don't have to subject their kids to that kind of environment. That's right. Okay. I mean, so we're going to talk about that next week. Okay. I appreciate right. you guys coming on. Thank um, you very much. Oh, let's get a phone number and the address or anything that... Uh, you are not a profit organization, right? Oh, yes. Okay. Right. How is it? How can people reach you or get involved with your, with your okay. organization? You can get involved with the Concern uh, Parents and Community for a Better Organization, for, sorry, for a Better Community, uh, area code 818-354-6175. 818-354-6175. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next week. Yep. Okay, welcome to the Jesse Peterson program. How you doing? Uh, this is a three-part series on the uh, inner city schools, the public schools, and the destruction thereof. Uh, we had two men here today who have been out there fighting for a long time to save our schools, and I'm happy to uh, know them, and I hope that in the near future we will be working with them. As you know, Bond is rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. I believe that nothing's going to change until men come back to being men and stop being women. Um, uh, my first guest is Albert, Al Albert Washington from Inner City School District Association, a nonprofit organization here in L.A., mm -hmm. and also Clinton Simmons, Concerned Parents and Communities for a Better 
Education, a nonprofit organization here in the city. Uh, thank you guys for staying over a second night. This is what a good way to make friends. Just stay overnight, stay overnight until we get get right. get to know each other. Uh, you know what I want you to do since you yes, have right. to leave. Tell us about what just happened in uh, Sacramento. Right. Okay. On Wednesday, uh, January the tenth, uh, Sacramento. Uh, this was the first uh, meeting of the uh, uh, Assembly Education Committee for 1996. Uh, the first uh, docket was a bill put forth by uh, Assemblywoman Cool out of the Valley, which was called the Student Dignity Act. Now, if someone hear that and they think it's a real good, <laughs> it good sounds name, good. Yeah, sounds good. What it amounted to, it was a a bill to change the education code to put in the code the acceptance of so-called sexual orientation. That was the whole idea. Now, kids are already protected. So what they need that for is, again, we're going back to these special rights. Yeah. Lucky for us, we have a new assembly now in Sacramento, and uh, they made sure that it did not get out of committee. So it was dead in committee. But I can assure you they would be back again. And the thing that was disturbing to me was the fact that you had the California Teachers Association supporting it, the United Teachers of Los Angeles, which all people here, even LAUSD, the uh, legislative uh, liaison there, they all stood up and supported. There were, I think, uh, three or four of the uh, African-Americans from the various organization supporting this bill. Amazing. And, uh, of course, I was there as a concerned parent and community for better education on the other side. It was only supposed to have been a roll call thing, but... To show again how active that the uh, homosexual community is, they uh, had a whole array of people to speak, and quite naturally, I was there to speak on our behalf. Right. And uh, it was a uh, another bill that came up at the same, not at this, but the same day was one that to uh, give benefits to uh, what we call uh, our uh, same, sex. same sex partners or domestic partners, as it calls. See, this again is telling young people it's all right to. Try this lifestyle. You don't have to be. People are not born that way. They have to try it, and then they can get involved in this type of thing. But they wouldn't pay domestic for people who are shacking a two heterosexual. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and the reason that they do that, they say, well, these people can't get married, so they're going to force us to allow same-sex marriage. That's what it amounts to. I think people begin to realize now of the whole gimmick, and that is why people beginning to vote for change in the state. Okay, but also, and both of them was defeated. They, okay, they did also, not get out of committee. You have to make it clear to the people That's out right. there that when you say same-sex partnership, when you say sexual orientation, gay and lesbianism, bisexuality, homosexuality, you are talking about sodomy. That's yeah. what you're talking about. You know, you don't have to be a Christian to know that homosexuality is wrong. No, right. I mean, when you just look at how they do it, you know what I mean? Exactly. How they... Uh, I mean, what two guys going to do with that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, you don't have to, like, know that. It doesn't have to well, be a Christian thing. It's even know? more basic than that. It's like trying when to you have creation, you have to have opposites. But we opposites. don't have the body thing. I know, but when you have opposites, creation is opposites. When you have same sex, you're serving another god. <laughs> yeah. The god of destruction. You're not servicing the god of creation. I, and that's you know true, what I'm but, you know, I, and I mean, that's just basic knowledge. But, yeah. I hear, you know, you hear a lot of non-Christian people saying, well, it's a God thing. You know, you people got a God thing. Yeah. But if you didn't have a God thing, you still can know that, well, I can't do nothing with this person. Why even try? It just, my, mm-hmm. you, ha- you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. just not know. I want to ask this before you leave, too. Oh, sure. And then I want you to respond as well. When I was growing up, black people, for the most part, would not accept stuff like this. That's right. I used to hear things that 
you know, white people were doing it. So they white they would hide it. If, if they did do it, you could rest assured that they still were in trouble. It was hidden because. So they, what happened to blacks that they began to openly accept things like that? When this thing called integration started uh, down south, I recall my uh, chemistry teacher uh, talking to us when I was in high school. This was just prior to, I was in the 11th or 12th grade, prior to the uh, ruling of the Brown Act. Uh, at that time, the uh, what's Brown versus the Board of Education, I'm sorry, not the Brown Act, that's a different alleged well. But he was saying that uh, he had been in the military before and been around in various parts of the world while serving in the military. And so quite naturally, uh, he knew some things that we didn't know, uh, being in the same locale all of our young lives as teenagers. And when that happened, then they started to saying, well, we can do this. So people started experimenting. Experimentation uh, then start leading to adaptation. Mm. And that is how it, it came into being. So you have some people always want to be part of a crowd. Yeah. You see, to me, uh, I don't mind being a loner. I can kill less by being in a crowd. That's right. Uh, you have certain values, and you stick by those values. That's the way it is. You've got to have some type of values. And that is why it is so important, specifically here in the uh, black community in a city, is that we have sufficient male role models for our young people. Yes, sir. Exactly. And to give you another example, I, uh, a teacher asked me to uh, come in to help her with the program for a lot of our young males. He was in elementary school who had no, no fathers in the home. They had mothers in some cases, some come out of the uh, foster homes. And she said, Mr. Simmons, we need some male images for our young people. I said, fine, I wouldn't mind, don't mind doing it at all. So every Wednesday at lunch, we had what is called a man talk program. I would carry my lunch in, we'd sit down, and like we're sitting down here, we just have straight man to man talk. Yes. You know, I would tell them about that you have to treat women with respect. You not to use profanity around things, like and I always uh, always have a teacher or someone from the school to sit in to make sure that uh, they heard right. what I was saying and things they were doing. And one of the uh, chapter chairs from the union didn't like that kind of a uh, talk that I was talking. You know, they would ask me questions, and I would answer the question the whole could just straight man type thing. And uh, they wanted uh, me to expand it out into something else. I don't know what it was, but anyway, the teacher, she didn't like it, and I didn't like it either because the object being is that every time that you pick the paper up, it's negative against our youth. Yeah. They say we constitute 40% uh, of the uh, court system nowadays, so people should be proud to try to do something to help alleviate this type of system. And uh, But the unions again stepped in. Now, if I had been teaching the kids how to be a homosexual or something like that, right they would have been pra I, I would have been praised and given all kind of honors. Yeah. They would give you a happy face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, cousin who is in the armed service, armed forces, whatever you call it, and um, he was having a problem with a homosexual who was trying to yeah. have sex with him. And he had done all he could to get rid of the guy. He had gone to the head, whoever the head and, and they made him feel like he was wrong yeah. mm -hmm. for trying right. to fight against this. So I told him, he said, you know, like he was like, oh, didn't know what to do about it. I said, what I want you to do is uh, uh, wait till you get in the cafeteria or yeah. around a lot of people. And the next time this guy approaches you, I want you to go dead off on him. Yeah. Just get real loud and just say, you know. That's right. And that's what he did. You know, he, yeah. he, the guy approached him one day in the cafeteria, and he just went off, you know, like, right. I know what you are, you mm -hmm. stay away from me and stuff like that. He haven't had any more problem. And I say that to say that the kids doesn't have anyone to go to. That's right. When right. they have to deal with these homeless That's right. Because as you were saying about the schools, if they go to the teachers, 
The teachers are not going to do anything about it. Right. The counselors are not going to do anything about it. So they feel a sense of helplessness, mm-hmm. and the parents are not involved. What do a kid do when they have to deal with that? And see, the sad thing of it is they're giving the, the kids no other alternative except to result to violence. Yeah. And then by doing that, then it's on their record. Amazing. So yeah. see, you know, what they're doing is they're, they're just destroying our children. Or the, the kids drop out. Or the kids drop, or, drop, or the kids drop out. Yeah, right. That's why uh, you have so many males dropping right. out. I, I interviewed 135 kids over a period of, uh, I think, about 17 months. Just to get a feel, I didn't want to do it all in one area throughout the inner city or through certain parts. And out of the 135 that I interviewed, there was 133 did not finish school. Wow. And these were so-called gangbangers. And there was two that had finished school, and they were football players, and they was promised that they would get a chance to go to college and play football. And they were disappointed because it didn't happen. They was promoting without the grades that was needed to get into the college. And when you see something that is really hurt, it hurt me when I see young men washing windows on the on-ramps or the freeways. And I want to do something about it. And I'm only one person, but luckily for me, I have a lot of other men that have joined in with this. We're coming to a break. All right. Uh, I know you have to leave. Can we have your phone number again? Sure. The phone number to reach the Concerned Parents and Community for a Better Education is area code 818-354-6175. And we will be glad... (laughs) to have anyone who is willing to join us. Okay, well. And no fee or no dues. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Right, thank you, sir. And uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, Clinton have to leave, but Albert. Er- 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 I'm used to Albert, not Albert. I know you used to, you used to those grits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a break and be back in a moment. All right, Thank fine. you so much. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Can you come Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. Rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. For more information, call us toll-free, 1-800-411-BOND. That's 1-800-411-BOND. Okay, welcome back to the program. Uh, We're talking about the public schools, and uh, Clinton Simmons had to leave, but Albert... Washington, the Inner City School District Association, is uh, uh, staying here with us. I-, I want you to give us a-, a-, a little more information as to what is going on in the school. Make the parents hear and see what's happening so that they can get involved. Okay, first of all, in the, in the inner city schools, you know, in order for you to get into college, there is a certain number of courses that you must have. You know, and, you, and in terms of the math, you have to start off in the ninth grade with algebra, then tenth grade with geometry, then math analysis in eleventh grade, and then hopefully uh, um, advanced placement calculus in the twelfth grade. Many of those courses are not even offered at schools in the inner city. Wow, they're not okay. offered. They're not offered. Many of them not offered. And then uh, you need physics, you need a a, an, a language, um, English literature, and a lot of times our kids are steered away from these classes. They're discouraged. And that's because of the social programs that are being... And the social program, yeah, but everything else is social. And then the kids are not being taught adequately to read and write. And so by the time they get to the 10th or the 11th grade, you know, they are reading on a lower grade level. And then they begin to become despondent about themselves because they know that they're not performing where they should be. And, And like I said before, you know, many of our kids 
if you notice, in the inner city, they start off, by the time they reach the third grade, they're on par with anybody in the nation. Yes. All of a sudden, after the third grade, why is it so, all of a sudden, that's a threshold, and they start falling behind? That's because after the third grade, they're not being taught. Why do uh, boys drop out as opposed to girls, for the most part? Why well, are there more boys? Well, the reason why is because after the third grade, they start targeting the males. Any form of behavior, and sometimes before, uh, uh, if they're too active, they label them hyperactive, and then they start putting them on drugs. Uh, uh, if they speak back to the teachers, or, or even if they just speak their minds, or even if they ask too many questions in class. If they're inquisitive, they're labeled. And so after a while, they begin to become despondent. They're not doing well. Their self-image uh, begins to drop. And then you have an element, you know, out in society, you know, where they can go, where people uh, show more affinity to them, answer more of their questions than yeah. their own yeah. parents do, and, and, and the people in the mainstream of society. So that's what's happening. Uh, what made you get involved with this issue? What made me... Uh, uh, get involved with this uh, issue is is that I'm a math major myself and uh, um, the reason why I became a math major is because so many uh, of my uh, parents, my parents friends encouraged me and they always told me that I could do and now to see a generation of people like myself who have come through and have made it only because see, my, my father wasn't an engineer I didn't know too many uh, parents who were engineers but because they told me I could therefore yeah. I could yeah. Okay, but now with the uh, situation that's happening in the family and the fact that the, our economy is in a, on a downturn, the big question mark, and so people just aren't, they aren't sure. Yeah, so. Amazing. Let me just go back to the breakup of the, of the uh, districts, the schools. Uh, what, we go, what kind of change will we see later, real soon? What will we begin to notice? Um, okay, well, what you will notice soon is, is that uh, we will be getting more recognition in terms of our effort, in terms of what we're doing. Uh, the unions are going to start telling the teachers that they're going to lose their benefits, which is nonsense. All that stuff is controlled by the state. They're going to start attacking uh, the group itself as being a bunch of people who do not represent the, um, the will of the people in, in the inner city. Um, and you're going to also see many portions of the city begin to break away. Um, Palisades, they have put together their charter schools, which is one step away from breaking away. Mm. Uh, Lomita, have, uh, which is out in the Torrance area, they have put together their own plan for breaking away under the old rules and as well as Carson. Good. So, uh, and also, I think East L.A., they're, uh, they're putting together a charter school out there for the same reason. Also, they're thinking about breaking away. Great. Um, how about Crenshaw? Uh, and the Valley. The schools here in South Central LA, mm -hmm. Crenshaw, Manuals, and Dorsey, are those schools involved as well? Right. All the schools in the boundaries from um, Olympic to, um, to Imperial and from La Cienega to Alameda. Great. And so uh, what, what, what do you need from the parents? What do we need to do to get involved? What, what kind of help do you need from us? Okay, first of all, uh, coming up um, at the Unity Church this coming um, sa uh, Saturday, January the 20th, we're having our second meeting on a discussion of the uh, breakup. We need parents to get become more involved. They need more information. You need to call us at area code 213-731-7704. We meet every Friday 
uh, at um, what's uh, I forgot the name of the school now. It's on uh, oh, High Park Elementary School, which is uh, on High Park, two blocks east of uh, Crenshaw Boulevard. You meet every second Friday there. Or meet every Friday there at four. Every Friday. At, at, at beginning at four thirty. Oh, okay. And so you can come by and get information and get involved. And so, what kind of reaction are you getting from the homosexual groups about your fight of homosexuality in the schools? Are they fighting back? Well, see, um, they're fighting back to keep their programs. What I'm talking about is programs. And you have a pot of money, okay, and we want to educate our children. Yes. And my tax dollars make up that pot. Yes. I should be able to tell the school district, all the parents, where we want our tax dollars spent, which is making sure our children can read and write. They don't need to know this other stuff. That's Why? Right. You know, what benefit? Is it going to help them get a job? I know. At one point, they had a school-based um, clinic in the public school. Were you aware? Do they still have those? Yeah, they still have those. And, and also, parents, this is something else. I'm glad you brought that up. You know that uh, 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 Mr. Simmons brought up at the uh, beginning of the earlier uh, show, uh, portion of the show that when you sign those slips that saying that do, uh, do you want your kids to have different types of medical care, you say yes. And you, what you're doing is you're signing away your rights. By signing that document without reading the fine print, you're giving the school the right to, if your daughter is pregnant, for example, she can be taken away doing school hours, and abortion can be formed and brought back, and you don't even have to be told. Amazing. And then, and then again, you have, those, you have those clinics where they are um, you know, examining the children, and um, it's, just, it's just horrible. There's so much stuff going on you know, in the schools, everything except educating the children. I was uh, speaking at a public school recently, and some young girls told me that they had had an abortion. They had right. left school and had an abortion, mm-hmm. and their parents don't know anything about it. They have has no idea about it at all. And I was shocked, absolutely just wiped out to hear that. It's, and, and I didn't know sad. they even had such things. That's right. It's, it, it's really sad, and it's big money. You have uh, close to 600,000 students in LAUSD, which uh, Planned Parenthood, which... Uh, uh, supports a lot of these activities within LAUSD. Just think about how much money they're making. They're a private group. Yeah. How about men? Are you are men fathers and, and uncles and nephews? Are they getting involved with with you? We're beginning to have more men get involved in and in, in, in fact, in the inner city school district association, seventy uh, percent of the people who make up the core of the uh, of the group that's putting everything together is men. So it's. Uh, really looking positive. That's going to have a great impact because I notice in, in a lot of schools that I go to, uh, most of the teachers are female, and the principals now are female, the vice principals are exactly. female, and then when, it, when the boys go home, they have to deal with females. Mm-hmm. There's no man influence at all, exactly. no matter where they go, mm-hmm. so they don't really have an idea of how to deal with this stuff in the right way because they're not seeing men That's right. involved, and they tend to believe that what they're getting is right because they you know, they don't know any other way they have seen no, to go. No way. Right. I think it is important that all the men who are, who can hear my voice, just take time to walk on the campuses where your kid is attending school. Just walk, meet the teachers, and just begin to show up. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, know, you don't have to stay uh, an hour or two hours. The fact that you come by, introduce yourself to the teacher, the administrators, do it whenever you can. 
And what you're doing is you're serving. Notice that, yeah, I'll be around and I'll be watching and I'll be seeing. Now, see, when a man comes comes into one of the one of the plants or facilities, they call you know the jargon in LAUSD or schools call a plant shows up and starts showing interest in his kids, they, they're going to start uh, acting differently in terms of what they're teaching the kids. Yeah, absolutely. And if more men show up, they'll drop all the stuff and start, and start teaching the kids. Yeah. I and agree. so what we need, I and totally so agree. this is why it's important that, you know, da- uh, uh, Danny Bakewell is uh, showing us some support for the Inner Cities School Association for the establishment of it. And uh, he was part of the um, uh, organizing committee here for the Million Man March, which is, which is beautiful. So we're going to try to get more men's in the inner city to just you know walk on campus, take a part. Also, when men are there, the school camp at the school is safer. Yeah, um, the Million Man March is, is not what we're talking about tonight, but yeah, um, you just said that it was beautiful. Yeah, the, in, in what way? It was beautiful in the way that uh, you had a call from one man for a million men to show up to help uh, throw off the way the media was projecting us as being either downtrodden, not taking care of our families, uh, uh, just not doing any normal things that men normally do. Well, the Million Man March dispelled all of that. When you have one man that can call a million men and you have all these men traveling, like from here, traveling 2,500 and 3,000 miles just to stand to show in solidarity that, look, I'm a man, I take care of my responsibilities, I take care of my children. That's power. Power for who? It's power for the black males. But now we have to harness the power and utilize it. It's one thing to go, it's one thing to stand. Okay, so we went, we're counted. Now we have to get involved in something, which was... Um, one of the dictates from the march go home get involved if you're a christian get involved in your christian church if you're a catholic get involved in your catholic church but as a man you can no longer stand on the sideline and not get involved in something uh which is beautiful i i see when i see you and, and uh Clint. clinton standing up at individual first and taking care of your families and fighting back for your communities and, and the willingness to stand alone mm-hmm. for what you know is right to me, that is power. That that is a real man. I, I can't see a real man following mm-hmm. another man. You know, just going to Washington D.C. and, and mm-hmm. cr- you know sharing emo- emotional tears and, mm-hmm. and and somebody got to tell you what to do, kind right. of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't see where that can be power. I can see where it can be power for the man that called them because mm-hmm. you know he rose. I'm sure Farrakhan rose to like a Hitler status, mm-hmm. but the men under him, I don't see how. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to go back to their neighborhood, back to their home, and they're going to wait for somebody else to tell them the next thing to do. But with you and what I see in Clinton, mm-hmm. you guys are just doing what you see is right, and no one has to tell you. Mm-hmm. Well, how, see, so I don't understand. You know, I don't understand how that can be possible. Okay. Well, see, first of all, Farrakhan, you know, he hasn't risen to any kind of status. Farrakhan has been doing what he's been doing for 35 years and nobody gives him credit for that he's been he's been saying the same thing doing the same thing for 35 years you just having more black people listening to what he's saying and you're having uh across the spectrum okay but uh as part of what has happened uh at the million man march this is why we're having so many men getting involved in what we're doing yeah Farrakhan used I was a young man uh, I came to California when I was about 18 Mm -hmm. and uh um 
in my early 20s, I used to go and hear him speak, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I, I soon realized, well, after about 20 more years, I realized that what he was saying had caused me to hate white people. He didn't tell me to hate, mm -mm. but what he would do, he would tell me what was wrong. What was happening No, he to would you. tell me the good thing. He would tell me I'm black and I, mm -hmm. I can do this and mm -hmm. I can do that. And I'll, be, and I'll go right on, you know, mm -hmm. this man is cool, I love this guy, right on. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm like all excited about what he said that was good, mm -hmm. then he would say, it's because of the blue-eyed devil, mm -hmm. or, and it's because of that blood-sucking Jew, mm -hmm. and, and this and that. So because I'm so motivated and loving him for what he said good, when he speak about these white folks and what they had done, it would make me mad to think that I could be this, but I'm not because of these blue-eyed devils and mm -hmm. these blood-sucking Jews. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't tell me to hate them, but the way he gave me the information caused me to hate. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I had a rough life for a long time because hatred only holds you back. Right. It doesn't exactly. do anything to the person mm -hmm. you hate. And so Farrakhan has cleverly learned how to do that without saying hate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what is sad about the Million Man March and those blacks who are now crossing over with him that they're going to end up under his power and never becoming free men. No, nobody is under anybody's power. See, that's, to me, that, that's the misconception of all of this. Nobody's under any man, uh, uh, under any one man's power. So why do they need to even follow him at all? <laughs> Who said they followed him? They just went to a calling. He, said, he, he called for something that, uh, that struck a common chord amongst a lot of men. You know, and so and and, and what I want to do. I'm sorry to interrupt. You okay. see the young lady. Okay. Up. Is there a phone number for you? And 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 how can people reach you about the meetings and get involved? Okay. Uh, area code two one three seven three one seven seven zero four. One more. One more time. Area code two one three seven three one seven seven zero. And the meetings are every Friday night. Every Friday, Friday night. evening. Every Friday evening. High Park Elementary School. High Park Elementary School. Two blocks east of uh, Crenshaw. I really am glad you came on. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope that we can work with you, especially in the public school. Exactly. We got to get you out of the arms of Farrakhan. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not in the arms of Farrakhan. I know we can find a way. I know we can find.